Young Clark on the mic, yes I'm doing what I do Representing for the ladies, but he's speaking for the goons Back and forth with the banter, banter, banter You got questions, we got answers, answers, answers Every week we bringing you the entertainment and the news Welcome to our podcast for the ladies and the goons Ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Ladies and Goons podcast. Um, this week we're going to kind of continue off of next week. I mean, off, off, sorry, off of last week. Um, fake it till you make it episode. So we'll do part two. So last week we were talking about scammers. Um, this week we're going to talk about artists, all types of artists. So visual artists, um, musicians, um, entertainers on a whole. Um, so the first thing, I have a quote here. Pablo Picasso once stated, art is theft. So what do you think about that, Buck? That's a broad statement. you got to explain it further. I was, if I had to say something about it right now, I would say that's false. Okay. Um, well, I when I look at that statement, I think to create art, you either imitate life or fantasy, dreams, thoughts. So in that sense, I think the statement could be correct because art is capturing or creating something that's already there or already created. So how is that theft? Um, well, you're taking something that has already been made and kind of remixing it, I guess. So then everything is theft. Yeah, that could be. I mean, it's like I, I know the statement, there's nothing new under the sun. And I believe that's actually in the Bible, which we tend to not quote. But I happen to see that recently. Um, nothing new under the sun. Everything that's here has already been here or has re- already been created. So all the genetics, all the genes that were ever made and ever existed on the earth already. Yeah. So if you have a child that's like theft? <laughs> I think it's a remix. <laughs> it's probably a remix. Well, theft but, theft I, I mean, is a strong could, word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what... There, there's another... There's a book um, that I had been reading recently called Steal Like an Artist, and it had a lot of really good... Um, a lot of really good ideas and ways to kind of get started in things and and not be too harsh on yourself if you feel like you're just kind of taking things or taking someone else's idea um but i I agree with you that the the statement art is theft is kind of broad and because of the connotation of the word theft or steal which the, the author did talk about a little bit, uh, why why the word steal instead of something like imitation or whatever to make it a little bit easier on the, the ear. I have another quote here, though. So to go off of the Picasso quote of art is theft, T.S. Eliot once said, so this one is a little bit longer of a quote, but um, T.S. Eliot once said, Immature poets, so we'll talk about poets, you can inc- you can um, insert art, artists, 
rapper, singer, entertainer, whatever you want. But it uh, this quote goes: "Immature poets imitate, ma- mature poets steal, bad poets deface what they take, and good poets make it into something better, or at least something different." The good poet welds his theft into whole feeling that is unique, utterly different from that which it was torn. So when I think of that, I think of sampling or remakes of movies or spinoffs or um, things like that. So that so T.S. Eliot went a step further. So the word theft is in there um, and stealing is in there. But it goes a little bit further and says, you know, immature. I'm going to take out the word poets, but I'm going to uh, change it to artists in general. So immature artists imitate, mature artists steal, bad artists deface what they take. And good artists make it into something better or at least something different. Uh, good artist wields his theft into whole into a whole feeling that is unique, utterly different from that which was which it was torn. So how do you feel about that quote? A little bit different, a little bit more in depth. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I, I think one of the hardest things for artists is to figure out how to make that which has been created before. And that, I'm not talking about a, a whole piece of work, but bits and pieces that you take from everywhere, whether it's learning how to, how to draw or paint and then um, emulating something that's there first to hone your skills and then try to remix what you've seen and turn it into something that is your own. Um, So I think the quote, whether I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here to be like, yes, this is 100% true or no, it's wrong. I think that it opens up the mind to some some discussion and then also uh, a little bit more thought provoking. So where would colonization fit into that? Um... As good artistry? I don't know that I look at that as art, but it, I mean, I guess it could be. Anything could be art, right? So, The Art um, of the Steel is actually a book. It's an actual book, right? Yeah. I don't know that it was... If I look at it as making it into something better, um, I would say no, but I guess that depends. If you're asking me, which you are, I would say no, it's not good artistry. Um, and maybe someone that's on the other side of the what I consider the bad might say that it, it was better or try to like make people feel that this was something that was done for the good or greater good. But I don't think that it's good. But it's just art. I don't I don't really consider it art, but And the descriptions that were given it fits into those. Yeah, I mean, so yes, it said immature poets imitate. So there was some of some imitation there. Mature poets steal. Definitely a lot of stealing going there. Um, bad poets deface what they take. So I would I would say it probably falls into that defacing what you what you take 
Um, I don't think it, you, it's made into something better or definitely something different, somewhat different, but I think it falls more into the defacing what you take, not um, not respecting what's there. There's nothing wrong with, with, with taking ideas and building off of them and making them better, but defacing it or destroying what is there in the first place in order to create what you're doing is um, where it would be negative for me. That's T.S. Eliot, right? Yes. Didn't you say something else about just artistry in general? Pablo Picasso just says art is theft. That was one of his quotes. What about you said something about the book? Oh, Steal Like an Artist. Um, so, Steal Like an Artist is... I'm trying to remember the name of the author... But um, it's a book that's basically, the, it, it's like, a, it's a very short book, and there are a lot of pictures and activities, but it's just a, a book that kind of gets you going as far as being an artist and trying to, um, like the equivalence of writer's block, trying to get you out of that and like look at it, look for inspiration everywhere. Um, so the word steal is just basically used as taking something, taking another idea, but then trying to build from it. Um, so yeah, that's still still like an artist. And he has a bunch of other books and, and creative books as well, but mainly creative and some of them digital, creative in the digital um, realm. I got to read some more about this. Okay. Well, I have, um, there, uh, I no. just don't like the way it sounds. Yeah, that's one of the first things that one of the things that's written in the book. Like, it's very a lot of people are like, "Why are you using that verbiage? That just doesn't it doesn't sit well with people." Um, which is probably why he decided, "Yeah, that's definitely what I want to use because it it does evoke some type of thought and emotion." Um, there was uh, Mel Brooks had a memoir, and in his me memoir, he said, um, in talking about being able to deal with his ideas and his artistry and other people trying to impose themselves on it. So it's a little bit different. Um, it, I happened to get this quote when I was researching um, the author of Still Like an Artist and there, he does a bunch of blogs and stuff. But um, so his, his Mel Brooks's um, quote of what, what he lives by is say yes and never do it. And his reasoning behind that was he dealt with his boss's um, bad ideas. This is how he dealt with his boss's bad ideas in Hollywood. And he said he always agrees with them, but never does a thing that they say. He went on to talk about an example where an exec told him to fire the curly haired guy on the set of the producers uh, because he was funny looking. And he said, yes, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll get to that. Um, never did. And that exec completely forgot about what, you know, he said after a while. And that guy was Gene Wilder and he just didn't like the way he looked and didn't want him to be kind of hired. So. He also gave an example of after the screening of Blazing Saddles, the head of Warner Brothers called him into a manager's office and gave him a, pages of notes um, telling him things that he needed to change to make the movie better. Um, and he was like, sure, I'll do that. Never did. And if he would have changed it, it the movie, in his words, would have come, would have changed from being a daring, funny, crazy picture to a stifled, dull, dusty old Western. So, Mel Brooks is also one of those guys who makes like, um, what are they called, satires? Yeah. So he uses a lot of people's stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. He does. 
and kind of tries to change it just a little bit and puts his little twist on it or spin on it. But like directly, like close enough to where you can understand the, the relation. Yeah, like where it came from, exactly. What do you think about his statement, though? In dealing with his, his bosses or anyone that's trying to infringe on your creativity and whatever it is that you're doing. Just say yes and never do it. You think that's a good um, that's a good way to go or no? I mean, if it's possible. You always want to maintain your own creativity. Yeah, I agree. I think as an artist, um, I think this could be great advice, any type of artist. Because like, it kind of just... A lot of the times people give you um, criticism, advice, or orders, and they just want to feel like they've said something and had something to do with the greatness that is to come. And they don't even really believe or stand behind the ideas that they're giving you. And so if you wait long enough, a lot of the times people will forget. And um, once they see what it is that you actually have to bring to the table, they're okay with it. So it's almost like a don't fight them, don't waste your time struggling with them and trying to make sense to them because they'll never understand. Um, I actually do this a lot, but sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. I feel that it's great for creativity, especially when someone is trying to stifle yours. Um, but in my opinion, it's not great to use in maybe your personal life, which I have done in the past, but it's not, um, that's not the greatest way to do it. But I, when I looking up these techniques, I saw a lot of people saying, um, this is a great technique to use with toddlers. Um, especially with the short attention span. So people will be like, yeah, okay. I've seen I, I've seen people in action do it, like commercials will come on and a kid wants a, a toy or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, we'll get that. Oh, yeah, we'll go to this place, and then eventually the kid forgets, and they're like, okay. So that's lying to a which kid. Is li- yeah, exactly, which to me is, is lying. So you're basically in that, in, that, in that setting, you're automatically saying, all right, I'm just going to say yes to you. You're going to be happy and satiated, and then I'm going to move on. Where I think the slight difference... Which is probably, I mean, it's still lying in the creative space, but the slight difference to me is someone is trying to infringe on your, like, creativity and tell you what your artistry should be. But and why so does this just, person have the right to tell you what your artistry should be? Um, That's why we have to distinguish that aspect. Yeah. Or determine mean, that aspect, because if, you're, if you respect this person as someone you think has more knowledge in a particular field, or is more advanced in a particular field, that them giving their critique would influence you to change some things sometimes. That's true, possibly, unless it's just an opinion, whereas it's like they like something and they don't like something else. There's nothing concrete behind it. In a lot of the cases, it's because the person is the money person, and sometimes they don't have anything, they don't have any knowledge on what it is that you're creating. Or they're going off of past knowledge of just, this is the trend, this is what's going on, and I just want... I just want to make my money, so I need you to do this to, to make that happen. And it's a, it's a, it's a, um, I mean, it's two-sided. So you have to figure out whether or not it's something you you want to do, and you're playing that game. If I'm a director of a movie or a producer of a movie, and I have to play the the Hollywood game because I am not funding the the movie, um, like the example he gave, then. It might be something that works works out. Sometimes it works too because your people don't have vision 
Like you can say, oh, I want to do this and they don't see it. So until it's actually recorded, until the song is there, until they hear where the, the, the voice lies on that track or until they see the colors together in your artwork, it's something that doesn't make any sense to them. And then all of a sudden it makes sense. Or uh, even watching like Top Chef, the, the, the judges will say to someone, oh, you never put this and this together. And then the person just does it anyway. And they taste it and like, I've never tasted anything like this. This is the best thing ever. Um, so it's not necessarily that it, it's right. But when you automatically listen to what they're saying and you don't um, follow your own instinct, if you have an instinct for it, um, then you may miss out on, on certain things. So I think that's why when that's when you strategically um, use it and you might be successful or you might fail they may have been right but you take those chances as an artist I think some people don't even understand things until other people start understanding it yeah talk about that a little bit more I know you go through that <laughs> a lot I go through that a lot you do you go through it a lot so some people people try to mask and say oh this person's ahead of their time and eh, you're just not caught up maybe it has nothing to do with time, I don't think. I think it has to do with the, the person, um, how people perceive that person and whether or not. Some people can show you the craziest thing and because of who it is, people are like, you know what, this is art. And then someone else can show you the same thing and you're like, nah. Then five years later, somebody else rips it off or does the exact same thing and everyone's like, yeah, that's great. Like That's what, that's what we need. Well, trendsetters or innovators have to be like really confident. Yeah, and thick-skinned, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> people, people um, spend a lot of time putting you down. People are scared of others succeeding. And so when you try to say, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, unless you're in the position to do that already financially and um, you know, just socially and whatever else, um, people, people try to put you down. And they'll say, no, this can't happen. It's impossible. And nothing's really impossible. It may not be the best way or the fastest way to get to something, but if it's how you truly feel in your heart and it's it's your passion, then no one should really be able to tell you that it, it can't happen. True. But as Missy a, Elliott had a tweet recently. Yeah, Missy, uh-huh. And she said, um, hold on, let me find it. And you know, Missy Elliott is like, she never really followed what was going on. Yeah, definitely an innovator. Was kind of forced to go against the grain because people, um, because of just how people are. And if you're somewhat of, you don't fit into the mold of what um, the industry thinks you should be as an artist, the great ones find a way around that and bring everyone else along to where they, to where they are, where they think they should be, so. She says sometimes when you're different and you're trying new shit, people won't get it until they see it work on someone else. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Take a chance, be a game changer. I agree. 100%. And you can't, then another tweet, you can't always wait for others' opinion when you're trying something new. They may not be risk takers. They may have you scared to think out the box. From here on out, you take the lead. Don't worry if they don't get it. You're trying to create new shit. 
that's, that's just real. That's that's true. That's real. And the thing is, sometimes it's not always that people are trying to be mean or har- harmful. They may actually be scared and tr- thinking that they're doing the best for you or thinking and uh, or looking out for you. So sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's you know jealousy. Sometimes it's a bunch of other things. But sometimes they really are. They think that they're doing what's best, and not necessarily the case which is why you have to be confident in yourself and really push for what it is that you want well, but people like, are not some people are not innovative at all though that's why i don't like that i didn't like that statement because that statement about the stealing just makes it like nobody can create something that's like actually their own from their own thoughts and i don't i don't i'm not willing to stand on that I mean, I can see that, but I do also know, um, I do know of people, I won't name anyone, but I do know of people that will have something just pop into your head and you're like, this is from my own thoughts and then realize it's something that you've heard somewhere else or you've, but you don't, you don't know that that's what it is. And so if everything has already been created and everything is already out there, it would, it, it would, I mean, it would seem that everything that we create every creation that we every thought that we create is something that is pulling from things that have existed in some way shape or form even if it's just a small part of it and you mix it up with something else if you're creating music there are only a set number of like keys and you mix those around and you chop things up and you but it is what it is so things tend can sound similar that's how you get different genres too different things just kind of sound similar if you're talking about if you're talking about art a lot of it has to do with a lot of a lot of this has to do with being taught early on like if you're an artist and then you're like okay well i'm gonna have someone teach me how to do this thing because i don't know how to do it then ideas and thoughts are, are fed to you and then artists that came before you you research those things and you see and you might be thinking okay i'm going to look at this 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 and i want to make something completely different so i'm going to merge this and this or i'm going to do the opposite of this or that you're still being influenced by it because but you're not stealing i mean you're not so there's a part and i don't have the book here with me it's on my desk but there's a portion of it that talks about still like an artist and not like a jerk like you're not copying someone else's things and just passing it off as your own so it is the it is looking at like so it's trying to insinuate there could be a way that's that you could steal things that's okay yeah i don't like that way of thinking okay there are so many notes that you could play but the sequence you put them in is different. How long is it? How many layers does it have? You could be, there could be a song you never heard in your life and you just play some keys that sound like the song. Are you stealing? I mean, You've technically never heard it before, at least not in this lifetime. Um, then you know you weren't stealing, but in a court of law, if it sounds the same, they they may rule that you did, even though you believe you have not. 
You could have literally been in, in your mother's womb and the song had been playing and you never heard it outside after being born. And maybe that comes together or maybe it was something that was being hummed, whatever. And then people say, oh, no, this is this. And this and it was out there. So you would have heard it. But that might not be the case. I mean, I guess the, the word steal and theft, because they are majority negative um, connotations, uh, then I can see where that is, that is where the issue is coming from. Because even if you look up the definition, um, it pretty much, the main definition is to take the property of another without right or permission. If someone... So if you if you back to the Mel Brooks thing, you have a boss, you create a script, your boss suggests that you alter some things in the script, is that stealing? If you change the things? Um, I think if you take those ideas and you change it to what they say, you have to credit them. That might be another reason why people do it, to make sure that they can be like, oh, producer credit. They do that in music all the time too. Like, oh, put a uh right there. I think that's what yeah, that makes the song right there. And then you're like, oh, producer credit. So if you're giving credit for it, then no, because it says to take property without right or permission. And I think credit goes into that. Like that that gives the rights. Like the person is giving you that information and saying that you can use it. Um, so that that's not necessarily stealing. If that now if the if that same producer came to you and said to use to use whatever they're telling you and the other thing won't work and then they take the other thing and go to the other movie they're working on and say this is what we need to use right here and put it in that then that would be stealing so somebody is a music producer and they take pieces from another work and they give credit for it they're not stealing yeah it's not stealing if you have permission if you have right and like if you you have the rights in a sense whether it's credits and it was agreed upon not just you being like oh this person's featured on here i'm just gonna use it uh without that person's permission but once you have credit and permission there then it's not stealing it's acknowledging that you're remixing and changing or using or building from this thing and going to something else and so it's not in anyone else's mind that you are the complete creative genius that have come up with this entire thing right so the legality aspect is different from the creativity aspect yeah. If you took legality out of it, then I think it would be I personally feel that it is okay to share ideas um and remix ideas, not to take exactly someone's work and say, "Hey, this is mine." Um but sometimes people do that and they like cover bands or whatever, you make money off of someone else's thing, but people know that it's that other person's. Whenever you try to say that this is mine, um, my, 100% my creativity, I did not have any help with anything and I just thought this up in my mind and, and created it, um, that's when you have, that's when you may have run into issues. But for me, and, I, and I'm actually an artist, but for me it's like, if I create something, I, I kind of want it to be out there and I, I also teach art, so I give away a lot of my um, tips and tricks and things as well. So I'm not as selfish and some um, some artists that I mean, that's your livelihood. So it's your and it's your your 
your creativity and that's a that's a big thing it's a, it's hard to to put things out there and then we talked about this before i think buck mentioned it before a few episodes back when it's like you put out something and then someone else takes it and maybe changes a few words to something that you completely disagree with that you would never stand for and like that's not right so this this song in this case i believe he was talking about a song and so this song becomes an anthem that everyone knows for one thing and then someone comes and changes up something and makes it something completely that you disagree with so now it's associated with you and that's another that's another way that people don't want to be they don't want their work taken and and used some of what was stated before was like remixing it and making it better but that would be like uh, um that would be like in a good a good example of good art though right yeah according to that statement i think so i mean honestly it is like i've seen people take um and major major artists take someone else's art and remix it for like a social justice theme so you'll take some old art and completely remake it like you are making it you're painting it you're whatever but you remake it into something else so it makes a bold social justice um statement and it doesn't have to be something deep like social justice it could be anything you could decide to take some take art and and mix it with your favorite characters on a show and put things together that way well the show itself the characters on a show that is someone else's art um and then the original is some is some art but being able to your art might be mixing and creating and making new things out of what's already here we're so big on recycling and you know reusing things that are already here um so i don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing except when you are not um acknowledging like not giving that acknowledgement to the original to the people who are the creatives i don't feel like the well, it's like two different things, like I said before, because the creativity has nothing to do with acknowledgement. Like the the part of creating something. I mean, if you use somebody else's shit, then you just used it. You acknowledging it doesn't change how creative you were in the process. True, in a sense, but sometimes... You listening to it is the entire reason why you were able to create the other things. I, I Sometimes I hear something, or even I won't say because I don't make music anymore, but in art, sometimes I'll go to a gallery or I'll Who said it. that? Who don't make music no more? The person who did the beginning to the podcast? Yes, so I don't oh. create music like that's not my thing anymore. Like I don't actively create music, so I can. It's not that I cannot do it. I just don't do it. I focus my artistry elsewhere. But when I see... So if I wouldn't have gave you that beat, then you wouldn't have been inspired at all to make that, those bars, how you did. Correct. Because my inspiration would have been our show. However, the beat is what made me, I listened to the beat and wrote to it. If I probably would have gotten, I would have had different lyrics if I heard something else. It just, it, it goes hand in hand. And so if I hear a song that makes me go, oh my gosh, that song is amazing. It's inspiring me to do something. If I don't use any part of that song, I could have still used it for inspiration, but nobody will know because I didn't use any of that song. But if I did use that song and I said, you know, 
I'm listening to this. This is where I'm getting these lyrics. This is where I'm getting this idea. I'm putting pieces of it in there. If I didn't have that song and I didn't listen to it, I most likely wouldn't have gotten the song that I have. So that's where I think as an artist, as an artist, I think the artist should really feel compelled to give, to pay homage to people who have given them that inspiration. You're not stealing everything that they're doing, but you're giving that inspiration. Even when I look at, at, at rappers, you could have a chorus that's completely the chorus from something back in the day, but your lyrics where you put in your work remixed that entire thing and made it about something else. Something like taking through the fire and making it through the wire, completely different and remixing it and making it something else and making it, and especially since we, we constantly have new generations who don't necessarily connect to the old and whether that's in music or art or whatever, um, it is a way to bring everything full circle and have people kind of connect to something um, in one way and then do further research and figure out, oh, this is where it came from. Not everyone does that further research, but I think that that's a, that's a good way to kind of understand uh, where things come from. So that's just my opinion. I think, I think you, get, you get inspired by a lot of things. Like something can fall down and make this weird pattern. And then it's like, oh, I think I want this inspired me to do something. This looks like whatever. Or you look at the clouds and you're like, wow, that looks like a bunny. It's not a bunny, but it looks like it. And so things make you spark like different ideas. So that's, that's you stealing. Or no. Yeah. Oh. I mean, but I'm I'm not using steel as the the completely negative, like get locked up for something. I didn't say it was like, negative or anything. Taking, I'm just going back to the to the quote that you read. Yeah, because it's taking something, and there's no one for me to say, "Hey, can I have permission to say that this looks like?" Or when we sit and just draw scenery, you're sitting out in nature and you're drawing it, you're capturing it, so you're stealing that image kind of, and that's from nature. So you would say no one owns it but that type of stealing like i'm taking this thing and i'm going to either present it as it is and be able to show it to others since they were not there in real time and it's never exactly the same even 5 10 15 seconds later because the, you know the world is moving and clouds are moving um but that is taking something like it's not just sitting somewhere and with my eyes closed and just even that but sitting somewhere with my eyes closed and saying i'm just going to come up with something um, that's looking at something and saying, oh my yeah, gosh, If you sat there and came up with something, you'd probably come up with something that you saw before. Yeah, a combination of something. You start thinking of things and then you start putting things together. Whether it's even, sometimes it's even the color combinations that you've seen. Because there is a thing called color theory and we do have a color wheel and they're things that work well together because they just do. Um, and that's how our brains calculate things. And sometimes people want to go against that just to, you know, have discord or confusion you can create your own color yeah but that's not that's that's not possible every it color is possible. every color that is possible has has been created i don't think so yeah it's infinity i mean it's it's, it's just there you can't create it even if you take to create colors you're taking from other colors so it's just right. percentages and you're mixing them to make it different yeah, it's just percentages of other colors but those things exist whether you're seeing it so this is where we get into whether you're seeing it or not it's there and when you have what do you like mean the, if you're seeing it or not it's there when you have the spectrum of the the rainbow of light every color that could possibly be is there like those things are in there it's what? just whether or not where's you're the spectrum of light at 
it comes from any light. You can use any. You can use a prism and use light, and and you can see the the difference. Every color ever created is not easily identifiable at a spectrum of light. I didn't say it's easily identifiable, but it all comes from that. Whether it's light or pigment, if you do it in pigment, then you're creating it from you know paints and things. But the there colors are, are tones. There. So you're just using the basic of the regular colors, but there are tones and hues. Yes. That are not used. Well, hues are just a color in and of itself. The hue itself is just the regular. It's just another word for color. But tones and tints is how much. According to who, though? That's the definition of a hue. What? Whose definition? What do you mean hue? Whose? What do you mean hue's? Whose definition? Whose definition? You want me to look it up in the dictionary? I so mean, every definition comes back to the same thing. So to I that know. dictionary. Huh? To the dictionary. Yes. And painters and artists and, I mean, that's the other word for it. So when we have hue, you have your hue, which is your regular color, and then you have how, how saturated it is. How You can make it darker, you can make it lighter, but the hue is the pure color. And then when you, you're talking about tones, tints and tones is how much white or how much black goes into those colors. I don't agree with those definitions. So. Okay. We can agree to disagree on that. I believe it's a whole nother color. What do you mean? The hue is the color. So whatever color you come up with, the pure color is the color. And then you have... <laughs> the pure color is the color. That's, yes, that's an the pure, I mean, the that pure hue. Explain. That's the word that I would use hue, but you didn't want to use hue. Whatever color it is, okay. there is... There so is, what's the difference the between the spectrum, and then you add Navy water. and Jay-Z are both blue? Yes, but they're different, they're different parts of a spectrum. So... They're, they may not be the exact same blue and then adding white and black to it. So they what is the color? On the, they may be on the spectrum. There's a wide spectrum of blues. and then So the color blue. is blue. Yeah. And then the hue is the other word. No. The hue is the blue. So what's the color? Same. The hue and the color are the same thing. And then you have your tint, which is... You, you have tint oh and my tone. God. You're adding white or adding black to whatever... It's a different color, color though. That's what I'm saying. It's two different colors. But that's because on a color wheel, when you see the or or a prism or whatever on the color wheel, you see like they'll if you see them in blocks, then you just see blue and then blue green and then green like blocks. But that's but not that's not showing the color. It is a is a, a spectrum. So as you go through, there are so many. There are like millions of colors in the blue itself, going from left to right before. It and turns some of them are not labeled. Like new territory, like a new planet. You go there and you put your stake in, your flag in it, and you're like, this is my territory. So until somebody goes in there and puts their stamp on the territory, it's just unlabeled. Yeah, they go by numbers and letters. So those actual, the, when we when artists are talking about it, or especially digital artists, you use the hex colors. You use, there's there's names, there's letters and numbers, there's six digits, and they, they you add them up. And it makes the color, the tone, all of that stuff. On but the computer. If you're looking, you can look at it. But on if you're not or using. Or you can re- reproduce it in, real, in the real world because you have that color. But it doesn't have to have, there's some, there's some crayon boxes that the same, one color is named one thing and then another one it's named another. Because someone just decided we're going to make this, we're going to call it this for whatever reason. Right. That doesn't mean it's not a different color. That, that it is a different color. It just means that they decided to do whatever they decided to, to do. I'm saying if there's a color and there's no crayon and somebody else comes up with the crayon that has a completely different color than the other ones. And it's not the same as the other ones, it's another color. 
Correct, but it's a hex color that's already there. It's not like they're creating. All they're doing to create color is pulling other colors and pulling in blacks and whites to make it a different tint or hue. So that it's already there. You can only make colors out of what's already there. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I can't understand how it's, it's already where. Any colors that are made are just combinations of the colors that are already here. Okay, so those and combinations like, are visible where? Before they're combined by someone. An imaginary world? Or in a computer? If someone's making it with paint, you mean? Yes. Making it with anything that causes color to be left in marks. Paint, marker, however you create colors. Nail polish. Where are these colors readily visible to say, oh, this color already exists? You're saying that based on a formula of adding a little bit of shade to it or taking away some shade. And taking um, and other colors and adding to it as well. So you get more of a turquoise when you're adding more of the greens and you get... Um, See, that's like the same thing as this thing with the music thing. Like, all the notes are there, so every notes combination that's ever going to be played has already been played. It's already there. You can say the same thing because there's only so many notes or keys. Correct. But I don't believe that because the combination matters. There are combinations that are not used. You could say they are able to be created, but everybody they've never been used the way that they're going to be used. Mm-hmm. So they're there. And so if I take however many keys and put them together and make a chord, then right. I can say that this is a chord. I can add more to it. I can take away from it and say, oh, this is the chord. Or this person is known for using this chord. Or right, whatever. this chord, but, but it's still followed by what? For how long? Yeah, I mean, that depends. But it's still the basics. You're still learning it from the basics of what is there, and then you can make combinations from there. But it's not the same thing. Like, you think, from what you're saying, you're saying that right now there is a color that exists, or that does not exist, that is that someone can create right now. I could even agree with you that all colors have to exist. If you're saying that you're just adding a certain amount of white or black to the base colors. And other colors, yeah. But... Nobody uses it. How do you know that no one uses it? What How do you, you know that somebody uses it? How, what color do you think no one is using? You want me to just make up a name for a color? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. I mean, I don't know that there are any colors that are not being used. But then again, there are infinite combinations. So maybe there's a possibility that some way. And then, and then, if there's oh, infinite wait, combinations, then you you know what the word infinite means? Yes. But what so I, if so, you're saying there's infinite combinations, then you're saying there's combinations that have not been used. So what I what I wanted to to that that it's possible because the next thing is the human eye can only see a certain spectrum, regardless. So you can only see a certain spectrum of colors, and so there are colors. That doesn't mean those colors don't exist and they're not here. But you what can, human you eye can them. only see? Huh? Who's human eye? Um, I can't give you a specific name. I'll say, I'll try to, to make it the person that doesn't have any limitations in their color. Like they're not colorblind or anything like that. But you already said. There's a, there's a limit to what we can be seen. So how could you say a person who doesn't have limitations, there is a limit. Doesn't have any other limitations. Like as far as our brains can, can see and like 
just like we can only hear certain pitches and it goes past a certain thing you cannot who hear. can only hear certain pitches human beings all of them there's a there's a limit to to what we yes there's a limit to what i don't believe that then you have like dogs who can hear other pitches that we can't you have other animals that can hear but we were pitches. taught the dogs couldn't see in color for a long time Mm-hmm. So we just going on science that somebody says and we apply it generally to everybody and we believe it. There are people who can't see color. There's probably there may be people who can see more color than the average person. I mean Who are these studies maybe, based on that we're applying as blanket statements there, there are people that can see sound. Um right. and a lot of people can't. But I mean it's going to be, it, we're, we're going off of an average, I guess, then. Because there are. Average there established by who, though? Huh? Established by who? Uh, established by people who study this. That's not enough for me. Which is not me. So I don't study it. I just know that there are certain things that when something is played, I can't hear it. And an animal can. But then again, people with poor hearings, other people can hear things. And they're like, I don't hear it when you do the hearing test when you're younger. Like, right. I don't hear this. I don't know what's there. Other people hear it. So there's somewhat of a spectrum. I don't think I'm at the top of that spectrum where I can hear. I don't think I hear as well as others in general. But I'm talking about people that do hear very well. But like you said, I don't know. It's, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm going off of, of what, um, science and research has said, <laughs> which is proven to be wrong sometimes uh, and then have to like edit what they're saying but not wrong enough for me to just be like nope that's not completely true people go along with things that's just like music people go along with things that other people tell them are acceptable so a lot of times like creators and artists when you're going against what people have already deemed acceptable for the time you have to have a lot of confidence to stand on your own idea. Yeah. Sometimes it's people being comfortable. People are comfortable with things because it's familiar. Not because it's right, wrong. I mean, we, the music that we make here in, in the Western Hemisphere is completely different than the tones and keys and everything that's used in you know other parts of the world. But it's beautiful, and that's normal for them. And then when you go somewhere else, it's like, no, even languages... Sometimes your tongue doesn't move the same way, which makes it very difficult to speak other languages because you've trained for so long. And then when you go somewhere else, if you train enough, then that's not the case and you can do it. So I believe even when you, you have the chords that are not, are not supposed to be, people say it should be this, 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 and it's not that. If you do it and you do it enough, then people hear it and they like it and they grow accustomed to it. If Some you have people. Food combinations that are not normal. Everybody doesn't like everything, and everybody correct. doesn't grow accustomed to everything. Everybody doesn't like everything. I think everyone could grow accustomed to everything, because no. it's just it's just doing the same thing over and over. You can grow accustomed to it. Oh, accustomed or yes. like it. Everybody doesn't grow to like everything. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I may given enough time possible, but I don't. I don't know how much time that takes and if it takes more than a lifetime then obviously you haven't grown to like it everybody doesn't like everything everybody doesn't like everything that comes on the radio repeatedly true but they also have options (laughs) so then when you get to limiting the options 
that's another thing with, with so many options you can you know the sky's the limit and then you like this and I don't like that and sometimes people don't like stuff just because other people like it and so it becomes this whole thing but I what I my statement was because I if, if things are limited and you only have a certain amount doing something over and over and over again people can get used to it and then possibly grow to love it because or there'll be somebody who decides to create something different because they're tired of hearing the same stuff that's possible and if that's if that's a, if that's an uh, that's very that likely if that's something that can happen I'm thinking like I mean yeah sure we'll go with that there might be someone as long as there's no one limiting them and stopping them from doing so because we know in the past in the, the past things like that have happened and like we've broken through eventually things like what have happened people do things that are not that, that may be scientific but were considered magic and they were like executed like you could there could be a circumstance where you're only allowed to do certain things and that's it and in this very limiting that's not normal so in this very limiting environment you could test to see if people could grow accustomed to or even grow to like certain things I'm just saying in, I mean not that that is I don't right. know what's going on at this point in the conversation okay but I mean, I'm not. I'm not going against what you said. I mean, it's a, a it's a, it's a possibility that people can create that. Some. I mean, I think it's more probable than not, with how we have evolved already, that there will be someone that would decide to make something different and new and try to get others to like it as well. Or there'll be people that just like it. Maybe, people also like things because it's different whether or not they truly like it. Sometimes they're like, oh, that's different than everything else. I don't want to be what everyone else is doing. And then they like things as well. So what is truly liked? or just I think where we differ is the reason why you think that that statement he made is true. It all goes back to that because that statement is based on thinking that there's no people who have original ways of thinking and who have concepts that are different to what is being forced on or is normal. And I can't agree with that. And I don't think it'll be, and I don't even think it'll be just one person. I hear what you're saying, but there may be, that to me, that person would have to be someone that's not using or borrowing from anything that's ever been around before. If I look at it as that, like never, you can't take anything that's been around before and Like what do you mean? An instrument? Like they can't use an instrument that's ever been used before? Maybe they can they can build another one, right? Like build a different type of instrument that's never been created before and then... I'm asking you. Are you saying that nobody can use a guitar and come up with an original composition with a guitar? I'm not saying that they can't come up with an original composition. I'm saying going back to the broader statement of the word theft is it everything comes from somewhere. So what I consider an original composition, like someone writing their own song writing the lyrics to a song or something like that, even if we take the music part out of it. I'm just talking about the music. Okay. I think that the music is coming from something in the past some way. I don't think that it's just... They're not using any combinations of, of music that has ever been made. I don't think that they're using not using any instruments that have been created or influence of something that you have learned in the past. 
And so that's why I said the word theft or steal sounds like too much because everything about us from we are born is imitating something else in order to create and build on top of it. So I think the theft and steal... To create and build what? To create and to evolve and to build new things. Newer versions of the old things. Hold up. So I think if you take away the word theft and steal and use more of remix or remaster or something like that. No, it still has the the whole example. I can't go with the assumption that there are no genuine innovators at any given time on the planet. And I'll be willing to say there are more there's always more than one. Okay. I think any instrument that's been created, somebody could use it to create a piece that has never been made before. Okay. I think that's definitely accurate for me. I would say something that I've never heard before, but yes, I think that's accurate. I have there's a lot of things I haven't heard. There's a lot of pieces I haven't heard, combinations. There's some things that sometimes I'll hear something and be like, wow, this is amazing. And then someone else will say, yeah, that sounds like this or that is the influence of the. And I'm like, oh, it ooh. sounds like I never I never heard that. That's them hear, making a correlation. People like to make correlations, as you stated this earlier. Is, this is true. They like to compare things to something that they're familiar with. This is true. So it may be that there can be combinations and sounds that have not been out there but or combinations of sounds because I mean every sound is its sound but combinations of sounds that have never been put together I it's a possibility I don't think that's the the craziest thing even if I know that everything that has been created is already here or parts of it um, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. There's a lot of Do you know that everything that's been created is already here? I believe so. I Why? don't know that for a fact. Why do you believe that? Because for you to create something, you're creating, you're using what's here to make it. The only way that I wouldn't believe that is if we could just, and it's a possibility so as well. So you talking if we, about... If we could just like, if I could put my hands to my temples and just like poof, make something... And I don't know that that's impossible either. But if that would be the only way that I would think that whatever is being created... Are you talking about atoms? From, huh? And physics? Huh? You're talking about atoms and molecules. I don't know that I was directly talking about that, but maybe. What do you mean? So you're saying that the, all the atoms are already here. So if you take a piece, if you chop down a tree mm-hmm. and you cut the tree up... Mm-hmm into a new shape or you even make a new instrument Mm -hmm. that instrument is already here because the tree is here Mm -hmm. that's how I that's how I take it that's what I think it means but I could be wrong but if I think of it that way then it's what it makes sense a tree is a tree though Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is until it's shaped into something else 
Just like water. Which would make it something else, right? Which would make it something else. Every painting that's ever exists, every every painting can that will ever be created is already here because the paint already exists. The molecules to make the paint already exist. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I'm just asking. Because everything that's been... I don't know. This is also me quoting things from, you know, quoting from, like, the Bible or quoting from, like, the Bible. nothing new under the sun, whatever. Okay, there's nothing new. But I also, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's it's weird. I'm going to end that part there. I'm going to talk, just talking about stealing or nicely. It's all related. Taking um, and, and drawing inspiration from life and ideas and other humans. Um, I think it's a good thing. I've seen, I've heard music, I've heard hip-hop beats made of eight-second excerpts from a composition Mm -hmm. that already existed. Mm -hmm. Eight seconds is long, though. Okay. Now, the person who made the original intended that eight seconds to be just a short part and a five to seven minute composition, mm-hmm. which doesn't even repeat. Mm-hmm. But someone else could take that little eight seconds and loop it. That makes it a different composition. Yeah, it makes it a different. Now, I don't think I've ever said that it doesn't. It makes it a different composition, but the inspiration came from somewhere. And that inspiration might have come from the eight seconds. Right, the inspiration, but mm-hmm. the creativity. A new work was created. Correct. So that's what they're saying. You can steal as long as you create that's not something stealing. new. Or borrow. Maybe that's using it like as a... Borrow. That's like you using an instrument. Yeah, but it's not just an instrument because it's someone's composition of... Even if it's eight seconds, which is actually pretty long then that's a the composition that they've put all of this together. So you don't even have to think about that part. You can say, I like this. Let me speed this up. and do Yeah, but all those little things that you're speeding up and putting into your music, that's someone else's work that they put all that other work into that you don't now don't have to do. To just be like, this sounds cool. Let me do this to it and, and move it together. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But that is definitely, out of all of what we're talking about, that's definitely taking from someone else. And drawing, I don't think drawing it's still direct, drawing direct inspiration from that. Not even just inspiration, because inspiration you might listen to something and then create something, but not make, not use it. You're literally using that work, so that. But you're not using it how it's presented. It. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does not matter. Oh, okay. To me, you're using it, and that's great, and that's a great thing, and I think you can and should use it. The fact that steel sounds negative is what the problem is. But no, I'm talking about you, the concept. Yeah, the concept to me is that you took that. If you take that part out of your song, is it still the same song? Is it what the main part? part? Sometimes that eight seconds that you stole. Uh-huh. Sometimes that eight seconds is what made the beat. The beat. Right. And that happens more often than not, or else you just wouldn't even put it in there. Right. So if you take that out and your song is no longer what it is, no matter how you try to remix somebody else's creativity and somebody else's creation, 
remix it and put it in there if it's the reason why I like that song which happens a lot people are like oh my gosh oh, this is I great get it. the part that you like is the part that the person used to create well I think if you could take the 8 seconds out the original piece and the eight, and it doesn't affect the original piece then that piece that you took is something separate okay so we'll just disagree there are some songs too that many people have taken many pieces from and made hundreds of songs out of the same one song because this person is so great that they had so many different great pieces that people could take. Right. So where did that, that person great. get it from? But that's Do you have too. to credit where that person got it from? According to according to this philosophy, they stole that from somewhere. Yeah. They would have stolen that from so somewhere. Where does, that's so not a negative thing. That's what I'm saying. Art itself is Okay, but we're not art, crediting where they got it from. Okay. There are plenty of art, there are plenty of works out there that are deemed to be original pieces of work. But according to this philosophy, everything is stolen from somewhere. Yeah. There are a lot of works that we thought were real, and then when we, we now have people coming forward, like, nope, this was taken, like, directly taken. So that's even in the, in the more, yeah, I mean, more generally like that, people can take things and not credit it. They should credit it. Really, you should be like, this is where I, and some artists, you'll ask them, and they say, yes, I got this from, you know, James Brown, I got this from, not even taking directly, They'll a true artist will tell you that their inspiration or the people that they love or that inspire them are this, this, and this, regardless of whether or not they put it in the music from their stuff directly because they understand that these are the things that have sh helped shape their mind into what it is that they, they decided to take from it and create. But what the statement was saying is that you take it and make it your own. You do take it and make it a new thing. You may make it your own style, and that is great, and that is all. these are all great things. That's why the book was called Still Like an Artist. It's actually promoting doing things like that. Just don't take someone's original work and then just slap your name on it. When you remix something and you put the eight seconds there and you cut it up and all that stuff, you're not just taking the original work outright and saying this is what it is. You have remixed it. You've made it different or better. Sometimes people argue about better or worse because everyone thinks the original is always best. But you make it different or better, that's a good thing. And so I think with the statement of theft or steal, they're trying to destigmatize the idea that if you can't come up with something that no one else has ever created in life, that you're not an artist or you're not good at what you're doing. Because I can't, so you, specifically talking to you, Buck, you can put together songs, you put together beats, you can sample, you can, you listen to something and you're like, you're watching TV, you listen to something and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. You hear differently than I do. And I I'm just to trying to relate to the comments. That makes sense if, with the sampling thing, but I can't say that there's nothing that can be created, that can't be created, like, totally original. Okay. I mean, and I can I can agree with that. That I apply. I understand that if it's trying to tell people that it's okay to do this, and you're still considered an artist if you do this, I could agree with that. But the idea that everything comes from somewhere else, I don't stand behind. Okay. It's possible. You you might be right. There might be someone who has not heard a lot of things. They would probably have to be pretty young or not on a TV or a radio or any works. But if you had not heard or seen things and then you just create something, then even if it does look like something else, there are, I mean, 
it still could be original. But what does original truly mean? Like, does it mean that nothing can influence it? Is that what makes it original? Nothing can influence case, it. How? If that's the case, then nothing's original. But if you see if you see colors and then you see, or you see sounds, right? And then you hear a sound and then you see a whole bunch of colors and you paint that picture. Your work was influenced by the sound, but you didn't steal that painting from anywhere. Correct. You you didn't steal the painting, but I never said it. We I don't I don't mean. The, that would be bad if you were stealing the painting or stealing the song that's when it's the bad theft that they're talking about you no they said steal an like an artist they're saying yes. there's ways to steal yes like getting inspiration is taking ideas taking something from something else so that is taking those pieces so if you see it like it's hard to explain without um having read it because it's sound it, it's intentionally this stark thing that's like what to make people like how dare you and then when you read it you're like oh all right i get that that kind of makes sense but it's not steel in the conventional sense of I'm taking something, I'm going to break into your home and take this thing or I'm taking your hard drive or I'm taking whatever. Not steel like that, but when you get ideas off of someone else, you're taking, borrowing, you're drawing inspiration, that type of steel. Take. Borrow. Whatever. I don't think either one of us are wrong or right. I think it's just a conversation and just kind of more so a conversation on perception and and how allowing or how welcoming we are for others when they do actually draw inspiration sometimes drawing inspiration from things people are like oh you're so you're unoriginal like come up with your own stuff and it's like that i mean the fact that you in my mind the fact that you have done something makes it somewhat original because no one else has done it so if someone can do a song and then i do a cover of that I'm the person playing it live, it's different than the person, the other person that's playing it. So in one aspect, I'm like, well, I mean, you're you. You're the only one that can do what you do the way you do it, so that's you. But in another aspect, I can see where the whole steal from artists, especially on an inspiration standpoint, comes from. So then you would be priding yourself on singing and not, yeah. create, not being creative. Yeah, and then people like that get looked down upon as well because you didn't write your own music or you didn't write your own song. It's, it's, it's a perception that I think we need to kind of cut through and not make it, not make not be so judgmental on what it is that people are bringing to the table and being happy that things are being brought to the table for others to consume without having to have done anything to get it. That's just my thoughts. We are an hour and six minutes in. That went by really fast. Yeah. <laughs> very, very fast. Um, but anything else you want to add to that specific conversation, Mr. President? Huh. I don't know. Man. I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> well... Life, life, life. Not too much um, entertainment news to talk about. Entertainment news has been really weird lately, and I just kind of don't, I'm just kind of not feeling it for a lot of stuff. Um, but hey, did want to send a rest in peace to Tracy Braxton. Um, she lost her battle with esophageal cancer. Um, so 
blessings and happy thoughts going out to the Braxton family. Um, and I don't know. I think that's it for this week. We're talking for quite a bit. Sarsaparilla. That's right. We're going into our health, <laughs> our health, our health section. So go go ahead. See the benefits of sarsaparilla root. Okay. Benefits of sarsaparilla root. You gonna read them off? No. You just tell people to look it up. Yeah, people should do their own research. All right, do your look own up. research. Do your own research and um, look it up. But sarsaparilla, can you at least spell it? No. You're just gonna try to make people look something else. Suppose there's something else that has like a similar name and it's wrong. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, well. Um, I think that's it. For Bugs us. Bunny used to talk about sarsaparilla, right? Him and Yosemite Sam. I don't even know. When did they talk about it? What, what is, what? On that podcast. But we didn't even talk about Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, pardon me. Oh, okay. I interrupted you. I didn't mean to cut your wisdom. No, it's okay. So you want to go into that? That was part of what I was looking at in the news, entertainment news, and everything was just so down. And I was like, uh. But that is uh, um, something great to talk about. Well, not great, but something we need to talk about. So I could just say some quick things. Yes, go right ahead. The girl. Um, to tell her. Yeah, she should be fired. Agreed. She obviously can't handle that job. Agreed. The manager should be fired. Agreed. Because they obviously can't handle the responsibilities of their position. Mm-hmm. Those officers need to be retrained at the least. Agreed. Because police officers shouldn't be so thirsty to pull out a gun on a man. Yes. Reaching for your gun, which is a lethal weapon, should be like the last option anytime. They're not there to be detectives. They weren't detectives, they're officers. Officers are not there to collect evidence and make a determination. They're there for a specific purpose, which should be detaining people and not killing them. I agree 100%. If you felt like you were in danger to where you had to pull out your gun, how did you wait until you got close enough to touch the man to decide you had to pull out your gun? And at the point you had to put your gun back in the holster to take out your handcuffs, which was, should be the first thing that you had in your hand when you're there to detain somebody and not your gun. Agreed. There are so many. There were so many things wrong. There are so many things wrong with this, um, with what happened. And for those of you who don't know, um, you can look it up. And his name is Ryan Coogler, C-O-O-G-L-E-R. Um, he was the, is he the producer or director of Black Panther? I'm not sure. Um, and he went into the bank to withdraw $12,500, put, wrote it on a, a note and handed it to the teller along with his bank card and entering his PIN and his ID. Um, to prove that he was who he was and um, did not, for obvious reasons, want to just walk in the bank and say, hey, I need to withdraw $12,500. So he followed the procedure that he normally does going into banks to withdraw this amount of money and the teller, for whatever reason, 
felt scared and that she thought something was wrong and then spoke to her supervisor who then informed or, or advised her to call the police. Um, the dispatcher on the phone as well, listening to everything that she said, the dispatcher said, well, he, he might just be cautious. Like he might just really be doing what he's telling you, especially since the ID is there, um, the pin, all of that. Um, but she didn't feel safe. So she says, and that might be how she felt, but like Buck said, she doesn't need to be in this, um, profession and her supervisor should know as a supervisor that you come over and you handle the situation. Um, and rather than just telling her, yeah, go ahead and call the cops, which all of that was completely wrong, which led to a man who is a rich and famous person. That's um, just, that's just to show the rich and famous part just shows how preposterous it is. Yeah, imagine. It's just a fact in general that as any man, he came in there with his card and his PIN number. Yeah. He had an ID. The note said from his account he wanted to withdraw some money. Yeah. It didn't say, give me all the money in your draw. Nothing crazy. It's insane. Because as she's saying it on the phone, my face is like, and? Like, he literally gave you everything that he needed to give you. And you're like, this just doesn't seem right. You could feel so nervous that a man comes into the bank. A man came into the bank and gave you a pen. And... She feels these streets and the world is so violent and unsafe that a man could come in with his pen and an ID and a card to get some money. But she can't understand that a man doesn't want to make it public and have a lot of people looking at him walking around with $12,000 on because it could be unsafe for him. Insane. And... I'm, I'm going to go off of the assumption that he had much more than that in his bank account. So right. if he really wanted to, if he was really trying to just rob or even if you thought it was someone that he might have known or whatever. And you didn't think any of that. You were scared for yourself for whatever reason. And you just thought something was shady. But if you would have paid attention and did any part of your job, take the ID, verify. Maybe you have to have him remove his sunglasses so you could see it's the same person. But he had the pin and the card. Technically, he doesn't need to give you really anything else since he's verified through what he's verified. And he asked for less than what's in there, and it wasn't a crazy amount. Oh, I need to withdraw $2 million. Okay, then you probably have to go. You have to give the bank a couple days to do that, whatever. You got to do all that other stuff. But I'm, I'm, dis I'm disappointed more than anything. I feel really bad for him, and I'm disappointed in her. Um, and the bank and the way everything was handled and on top of them being um, fired because they obviously do not need to be doing this job, uh, the bank needs to pay something to this person who patrons this bank and has their money in this bank. Um, and they need to retrain everyone that is there. They need to retrain everyone. Even if he was robbing the bank, give him the money. Let someone investigate it later. People who know how to use guns know not to point a gun to somebody because something can happen. Absolutely. Pointing a gun at somebody is crazy. Pointing a gun at somebody makes them do things that they probably wouldn't have done in the first place. So you point a gun at me, I have to figure out how I'm not going to die. And that can be anything. You can now change someone's mind state from what they were going to do to what they have to do. And that's when it gets scary. You could put somebody in a panic and then they do something that you perceive as a threat. Exactly. Trying to protect themselves. Trying to protect themselves and just get home to their families. 
And it's insane. Absolutely insane. On top of the fact that uh, police officers don't like when they're talked to in any kind of way that isn't being praised and like they are the be all and end all authority. That's where a lot of them got that. That's why a lot of them get that job. But when you know that you are not wrong and you're talking to them, even making statements like it's going to be a bad day. What do you say? Like something like this is not going to be a good day for you or something like that. Like certain comments to let you know you're not even worried about getting the truth out. You are now you're just trying to show that you're important and you're flexing. And that's that's it's crazy. And I hope that they use this as an opportunity to show everyone else that this is not right. Like, thank the Lord that nothing happened physically to him because a lot has happened to him mentally. And let's not forget about the PTSD and and what he's going to have to go through now, having experienced this, you know, just walking into a bank that he patrons and withdraw money that belongs to him. Having, having a police officer pull a gun. Having a police officer pull a gun and the fear that goes through you with that. And this is not, I mean, this is someone who is not as far removed from a lifestyle that would have this happen on a regular basis. Not that anyone would have, should have this happen on a regular basis, but the PTSD, that's, that's real. And so that needs to be, I mean, I don't know if he, if he has kids, if he has wife, any, or a husband or anything, but the things that you now he would go through and his family will be going through because of this, this is that's lifelong. And so something needs to be done a hundred percent. Get all worked up, but I'm, I'm kind of not kind of, I'm tired of it. Like it's, it's too much already and we need to do better. And while we're distracted and we're busy trying to help everything and everyone, things right here are happening and it's not right. So we need to open our eyes and we need to hold people accountable and law enforcement and private businesses and banks and whatever else need to be held accountable. We need to start looking at people as people. And that's not to say that you can't protect your establishment and you can't, you know, be be wary of what's going on around you. But we need to start looking at people as people first and not um, that property is more important in any way, shape, or form. That's my two cents. Anything else, Mr. President? No, nah, that's it for me. All right. We will close out for real this time. Um, so learn to love who you are while striving to be a better version of you each day. Don't base your actions solely on your emotions. Try to find principles to live by and base your actions on those. Aim to be a good person and then stick to your word as closely as you can. You cannot please everyone, so just try to be good and everything else will work itself out. This has been episode nine of the Ladies and Goons Podcast. Podcast. Strength, love, and blessings. Always.